Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. I wrote an article titled Diagnosing an Allergy to Innovation. (laughs) It was a little silly. It was a little tongue-in-cheek, but I liked it. All I really wanted to do with the article was to help leaders begin to think about whether they were getting in the way of improvement, innovation, and ingenuity in their lives and in their organizations. I really wanted leaders to think about what's the role that you're playing in creating and keeping RUTs, R-U-T-S, that might sound kind of funny as you're listening, RUTs in the organization. Because inertia and stagnation, they don't happen accidentally. They creep in when leaders have an allergy to innovation. Okay, what are the symptoms of an allergy to innovation? First, you're running in place. You're moving frenetically and getting absolutely nowhere. You've managed to create a busy culture where people are exhausted, though they're accomplishing very little. All of that busyness, it may be exhausting, it may even be ego gratifying, but it doesn't yield anything. Busyness gets in the way of the business, and it drains the energy that could be used to innovate. The next symptom that plagues many leaders is poor hearing. You know the leader with poor hearing, and it may even be you. This is the person who just can't hear alternative approaches. They just won't allow other perspectives to filter in. Maybe they don't listen because of all that busyness that I just talked about. Maybe they don't listen because their limited thinking tells them that what is is what has to be. I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is that poor hearing is a sure sign of the allergy to innovation. Myopia, that old tunnel vision, another sign of an allergy to innovation. You know these people, they can't imagine that there is a big picture. Their vision is so narrow that they just can't see the world around them. That means that they cannot imagine new possibilities. They can't imagine other options or other opportunities. Rigid limbs are another indicator of this disorder. This inflexibility, like all the other symptoms, starts in the mind. It constricts the limbs and prevents the ability to flex, to bend, to stretch. You know you have it when anything out of the ordinary makes you tighten and tense. You know you have it when new ideas make you stiffen up. The last symptom of the allergy to innovation is cold sweats. This one only surfaces when you're asked to provide new insights, creative approaches, or new ideas. The stress of having to expand your brain power and develop a broad range of options causes the sweat to just drip. Now, if you're self-aware, you will know which of these symptoms you have. But just in case you don't know for sure, I'm going to read seven statements for you to consider. Give honest answers. Do not answer from your fantasy self. Answer from your real self, even if it's painful. 
So first statement, I make it a habit to master a new competency at least once a year. Second, I implement my new skills in all areas of my life, even if it seems unrelated. Third, I actively seek input from unlikely sources. Fourth, I make time for fun on a very regular basis. That's when I do really well. Fifth, I celebrate little wins, mine and those of others. Sixth, I'm constantly refining processes so that I don't fall into a rut. Seventh, and this is the last one, I allow conflicts to emerge so that I can learn from other perspectives. Let's say that you heard those seven things and said, yep, I have an allergy to innovation. Well, nobody wants to get a diagnosis without getting some sort of treatments. I'm going to present treatment options that may not cure your allergy, but at least they'll lessen it. Treatment number one, question your assumptions and your assertions. Try to rethink what you hold to be true. Who said you have to lead like that? Who said resources have to be allocated like that? Who said all you've done is all you can do? Treatment number two, unlearn what you know. Yep, I said unlearn it. I don't want you to unlearn everything. I do want you to unlearn myopic thinking, rigidity, and the inability to consider multiple perspectives. If you can unlearn those habits, you'll create space for learning new ideas. Unlearning some of the habits that are holding you back will change how you relate to people, how you relate to different perspectives, and how you relate to innovations. Unlearning is hard. Now, that's no joke especially for leaders who've been really successful because they think that there's no need to do anything different because they've been really successful. It takes a jolt, an external impetus to make some people realize the need to unlearn. Your jolt may be something like what happened to my friend Pat. Now, I love Pat. Everyone knew she was rigid, but we accepted her rigidity. And everybody knew that she was really stuck in the way that she thought training should be delivered. But we loved Pat, so we accepted that too. Unfortunately, she got really sick and had to take a lot of time off. When she finally got back after, oh boy, I can't remember if it was three or four months off, but when she came, when she finally came back to work, her team had like really revolutionized how they were delivering learning. And her boss saw this metamorphosis in Pat's team. He was amazed, truly amazed, at how much more her team was accomplishing, how much happier they were, and how much more engaged and excited they were while Pat was out on sick leave. So when Pat returned, he told her, in no uncertain terms, that the innovations started during her absence had to continue. He finally gave her some feedback that was long, long, long overdue. He told her she had to change her leadership style if she wanted to keep her position. Now, let me tell you, that was a mighty big jolt from the outside world. And it hasn't been easy for Pat. It's been really hard 
for her to unlearn her tendency to squelch innovation, to be oppositional, and to micromanage. But she's trying hard. She's really trying hard. And trying is the starting point. Treatment number three is actually three activities rolled into one. Grow up, lighten up, and shut up. Let me explain that before people get all torqued and all offended and turn off the podcast. Growing up means that you can accept the fact that your perspectives, your ideas, and your approaches are not necessarily the best. Your viewpoint isn't the only valid or valuable worldview. This kind of growing up requires humility, but it also requires some maturity. It allows you to invite innovation, invite testing, invite people to bring their best, most creative selves to work. Up next, I want you to lighten up. Laugh a little. Create an environment where people can have some fun. You're the leader. You set the tone. If you act like every day is a funeral, then everybody else is going to be in mourning too. If innovation is going to flourish, the environment has to be right. People have to be able to breathe, to laugh at themselves, and to laugh at their own mistakes. And yes, they have to be able to laugh at your mistakes too. People are more likely to take chances in forgiving environments, in environments where levity is the norm. If you really, really, really think about it, a lot of what we deal with in the workplace is absurd. It is really laughable. When I reflect on things that happen at my client sites and with the uh, people that I do one-on-one work with, I do laugh when like the call is over or when the meeting is over. I often find myself in a quiet corner just laughing because some of the things are absurd and ridiculous. The last part of that triumvirate, shut up, or perhaps be quiet works better for you. My mom didn't like it when we said shut up, so let's say be quiet. You can't hear other voices if you're constantly talking. You can't champion change if you're not skilled at listening. Thoughtful listening will help you move from an allergy to innovation to being a leader who can open the doors to new ideas, to being a leader who's comfortable with expressions of difference and who intentionally solicits unconventional approaches. I want you to try something. I want you to time yourself in meetings. How much time, and I mean literally, how many minutes do you spend talking? The goal is to listen more than you speak. That's where the learning starts. That's how you open the door to innovation and cure your allergy. Okay, let's wrap this up. We're all susceptible to the allergy to innovation at different times in our lives and in our careers. We can recognize the symptoms if we're able to honestly reflect and self-assess. I gave you three treatments for the allergy. First, question your own assumptions and your assertions. Delve deep and stir up what you assume. Stir up what you put forth as truth and question it. Second, unlearn what you know. In the unlearning, you may be able to learn something new. Third, the triumvirate. Grow up, lighten up, shut up. 
Mastering the triumvirate will enable you to see the unseen, hear the unheard, and create an environment where innovation can actually flourish. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe if you haven't already. I add new and relevant leadership learning all of the time. If you haven't visited the Smichael Speaks YouTube channel, check it out. There's all sorts of new content. All of this is virtual leadership learning that will help you soar.